for this wonderful day you have made, for the equipment and for the people you have ordained to make today's broadcast a reality. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. Glory be to God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Andy Lengosi, and once again, welcome to Cosmos City Church Online. Before we start with today's lesson, I'd like to pass my gratitude to and a vote of thanks to a couple of people. First and foremost, to the church eldership for trusting the young people with the pulpit in the month of June. Then the deacons and all the ministry leaders for pressing on even during this difficult time. Also the media team, thank you. Without the sacrifice of your time, of your skills, and your resources, none of this would be possible. The church office, for risking your lives during this period, God bless you. The team that I lead, the youth ministry leaders, as well as the proto team which we put together for the month of June, I appreciate you. The youth, the KFC, the young adults, the worship team, everyone that participated in this month, I just want to say, well done, we appreciate you. The speakers who had to tackle difficult topics and our MC of the month, Tatenda, you are a star. God is going to use you to be an influencer for his glory. And to the rest of the congregation, for your prayers, for watching, and for your generous giving even during this period, thank you. For the month of June, the church eldership challenged us to address issues that impact young people today. We then asked them for topics, and men did they give us the topics. Just to mention a few, some of the top talkers we got, we, talk, we got asked about the Antichrist, we got topics such as gender-based violence, dating, courtship, physical intimacy, purity in one's youth, gender-based violence, depression and anxiety, and many others. And for this reason, we had Pastor Mtsipe talking about the end time series. We had Mrs. Ngoma uh, with her talk on the gender-based violence. We also had Dr. Melapi having a talk on depression and anxiety. As for me, I get to address Purity. So, <clears throat> as I meditated on this subject, what dominated my spirit were the words destiny. And later, it interwoven into purpose. And medi meditating some more, I started seeing equipped young people with great destiny missing their purpose because of sin. And the solution in all of this, purity. So for today's topic, if you are taking down notes, you can just write it down as purity, the path to fulfilling your purpose. So what will we cover? We will interrogate destiny and purpose from a biblical view. We will look at sin, we will look at its origin, we will look at its consequence, and we'll also look at how sin gets in the way of us fulfilling our purpose. Then we will look at purity. 
we'll say, what is purity? We'll look at how to practice purity and how we can use purity to respond to sin, which consequently guarantee our God-given destiny. Let's quickly read from the Bible. Genesis 1, verse 27 to 28 reads, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. What we see here is that right from the beginning, God gave man destiny. You and I are born to be fruitful, we are born to multiply. God had wonderful plans and purposes for man. And because God is love, he desired to have beings of the like mind as him and as the like heart as him with whom he could share his life and impart his wisdom. And just like him in heaven, man is to rule over earth. Talking about destiny, this is what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This further goes to show that we are not accidents. We are not a fluke. God was intentional in creating each and every one of us. Listen to God speaking through Isaiah in Isaiah 55 verse 11. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Here we see that God does not speak in vain. When he speaks, his word goes and achieves a purpose. My question is, if God's word has a purpose, what about his creation? Can he then create a creature without a purpose? Those who do natural science will tell you of the purpose of even what we may consider disgusting creatures such as worms or maggots. So in God's wisdom, every single thing has a purpose. Even more men, God created in God's image. How great is our purpose and how great is our destiny in God's eyes? To qualify my statement, let's look at Proverbs 16 verse 4. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. You can appreciate that without Judas, Pilate, and even the Roman soldiers, Jesus' crucifixion would have not come to, to being. So they too serve their purpose. And my question is, what is your purpose? Among my favorite books is the book of Judges. And this is because it's full of superheroes and avengers. People whose purpose was to protect and rescue the troublesome children of Israel. Before we even get to Samson, we have Othniel, 
we have Ehud, we have Shamga, we have Deborah who sent Barak, we have Gideon, and we have Japheth, just to mention a few. See, when you read the book of Judges, you will discover that these people were normal just like you and me. However, once the Spirit of God came upon them, they became unstoppable. They went to achieve great feats on behalf of Israel. Now bear in mind that you and I are born again and we are baptized by the Holy Spirit. So we are actually in a better covenant than these characters and we are empowered to do even greater deeds. Now our purpose is to be fruitful. Our purpose is to multiply whatever God has given us. Our purpose is to fear God and keep his commandments. Our purpose is to glorify God with whatever we do. Our purpose is to love one another. Our purpose is to praise God. And just like God, we are to create and speak light and speak life. And just like God, we need to be great and we need to dominate. For ye are gods, the Bible says. So go for it. Because your destiny is great. But watch out for the sin that easily entangles. Now the Hebrew word for sin is chata. It means to fail or to miss a goal. In the first book of John, we learn that God is love. So failure to love God or to love God's people is chata. Sin is ultimately rebellion against God. And we see this even before man is introduced when Satan who is a worshiper in heaven, decides he deserves God's authority and glory and rebels against God. Of course, he loses the battle. He falls on earth and in a desperate attempt, he decides to go after God's children. He lies to the woman. She deceives the man and ultimately mankind rebels against God by disobeying his commandments. By the time you and I are introduced to the picture, the world is already in a fallen state. Sin is among us. It is part of our flesh, but glory be to God, he has created a way out through Jesus. Now we are all sinners. Romans 3 verse 23 reads, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And 1 John 1 verse 8 reads, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And the consequence of this rebellion, which is known as sin, is the following. One, separation of God on earth. So we shift from fellowship with God to even hearing him walk while we could actually see him and partake in his presence right here on earth. Also, eternal separation from God in heaven. In the first book of Corinthians 6 verse 9, we read, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Another consequence of sin is death. In James 1 verse 15, we read, After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. Also in Romans 6 verse 23, we read, For the wages of sin is death. So my brother and sister, do not be deceived. 
You cannot swim in sin and expect to come out without a stink. Let's look at other consequences of sin. Curses. So the ground that Adam used to walk on became cursed. And suddenly we had thorns. And suddenly the fruit which he used to just get without plowing, he had to start plowing. Calamities. So droughts, extreme weather conditions, and even the corona that we are battling this season. And also punishment in the present. Let's read Isaiah 13 verse 11. I will punish the world for its evil. I will punish the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty, and I will humble the pride of the ruthless. Here we are seeing that this is not dying and go to hell kind of punishment, but it's God removing his shield over us and allowing all the attacks that he is currently shielding us from to rain on us. This is taking 40 years to complete an 11-day journey. And yes, there is eternal punishment as well. So let's get practical. How can sin restrict my purpose and destiny as a young man or woman? Well, number one, sin will quench your thirst for the Holy Spirit. In the book of Ephesians 4 verse 30 we read, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And grieving the Holy Spirit is like, you have a fire that's burning inside of you. And then you just take a warm, a wet blanket and then you throw it over that fire. And then you kill it. I can think of myself when I'm, I'm taking shortcuts and I'm missing on my devotions. Whenever I do that, God's voice becomes less and less louder. So what about if you are actually indulging in sin? you then find yourself in a position where you are no longer hearing the voice of God. And God is no longer able to direct you and say, go there and do not go there. Go into this mission. Take up this project or do not. And if you are failing to hear from God, well, how can he direct your steps? And without God's guidance and him guiding your steps, you are not able to then meet and become your destiny. See, sin will also rob you of your joy or excitement. And an example of this would be King David. After his sin of murder and adultery, he asked the Lord for restoration of his joy. Which we see in Psalms 51 verse 12. It reads, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. So in this sense, we are able to see that it is possible for you to lose the things that you enjoy and the things that excite you just because you have indulged in sin. Sin can also deter you from your purpose by robbing you of your peace. You know that thing when you scratch someone's car or you break your mother's verse and you haven't told them as yet? And something is just sitting at the back of your head. You are just waiting for that time of recording because you still need to go and face this person and explain to them what you have done wrong. And sin can do that. It can rob your peace. 
There are many cases of suicide that we know of or that we hear of. And when you follow the story, is that someone did something wrong. They could not live with the consequence. And though no one knew, they had no peace inside. And eventually they decide to end their life. Another way in which sin can deter you from your fulfilling your purpose is that sin can actually restrict your operation of your gift. So in John 10, 10, we read, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Here you may find yourself that you are operating in a gift of healing, for example. And someone is sick and the Holy Spirit comes and says, pray for them. But then Satan, who the Bible call, calls the accuser of the brethren, is counting your seed, is counting your sins in your head. And is telling you about what you did last night. And in your head, you hear all of these things and it eventually destroys your confidence. And then you do not go on to pray for that person. Or you have no faith at that point that you are praying for that person. And then they do not receive the healing which you were ordained to usher in at that point in time. Another thing is that sin can make one fearful. We have read Luke 8 verse 17. And it's a popular scripture. It reads, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. So what sin does is that it keeps us being fearful that we are going to be discovered as thrusters in the kingdom. It prevents us from speaking out of injustices because someone will say, but, but you, you know. Sin keeps us not secure under God's wing and fearful that he's going to remove his hand over us because we were bad boys or bad girls over the weekend. I mean, how can I pray to pass if the textbook that I'm using to study is stolen? No. How can I pray for a breakthrough if I bribe my way in? So with all these things considered, what is the solution? How do we escape the chains of Satan which are manifesting themselves in form of sin? Simple, live a pure lifestyle. Since you are already born again, repent by asking God for forgiveness and change by living the life of purity. So what does purity look like? Well, Although it's a complex and a difficult question to, to answer, I can give you a guideline based on experience as to what are the things that you can apply practically that will help you to live a life of purity. And here it goes. Number one, confess your change of authority. First, you need to understand and confess daily that you have been delivered from Satan's dominion and you are now under the new authority, which is the authority of Jesus. Number two, call on your Savior for help. You don't need to fight Satan by yourself. You are going to lose. 
So when temptation overwhelms you, call on the name of Jesus. Don't be shy. I always advise that one needs to have an emergency vest to run to whenever they have any kind of edges. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, you can take scriptures such as this and turn them into affirmations and start saying, Jesus, I submit myself to you. I resist the devil. Now, devil, flee from me in the name of Jesus. And over time, you'll be able to run back to those type of scriptures whenever you are feeling any triggers of temptation. Another thing is that you need to become a model kingdom citizen. And how do you do that? Let's read Philippians 2 verse 5. Let your attitude towards life be that of Christ Jesus himself. So, one of the training wheels in doing this, introduce yourself to people as a child of God. Post it on your status. Wear that Jesus sweater. It will remind you of your boundaries and it will keep you in check. And you'll always remind you of your attempt to become Christ-like. And trust me, practice makes perfect. Another thing, have an accountability partner. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, by an accountability partner, I'm talking about a person who will coach you in terms of keeping your commitment of being holy and living a life of purity. So, identify an accountability partner as part of the steps towards uh, purity. Another thing is that you, can, you need to become a servant. Matthew 23 verse 11 says, Greatest among you will be your servant. So, Jesus frequently presses upon his disciples to become humble, to become self-denying to be mild, to be condescending, and to practice servanthood. I've personally found that if I can be obedient to a man, it's easy to become obedient to the Holy Spirit. And if I refuse instruction, I'm likely to become carnal as well. Another thing, be active at church. Matthew 12 verse 45 reads, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives and finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order, then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than their first condition. So, if you do not occupy yourself with godly activity in God's kingdom, Satan will find a way to use you in his kingdom. Being lukewarm spiritually starts with being a passive mzalwan. So, eventually you'll find yourself that you can't even lift up your hands when you are praying or when you are worshipping. So my encouragement to you is that be active. 
Another thing, preach the gospel. Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You will find that if you are actively telling people about Christ, you have less self-pity, you have less lack of joy, and temptation is easy to spot from a distance because you are sensitive like that. And the very last one is that you need to read the Bible for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. And the things that the Bible is going to say, stay away from them. You can be able to read them for yourself and not find yourself in a corner where you are saying that, no, at church they say, I must not. But you'll be in a position where you say, I've read 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. And it told me that these kind of things and these kind of attitudes and these kind of people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So in conclusion, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 reads, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. What did we learn? We learned that one, God has prepared us for a, for a prosperous destiny. Number two, that we should be mindful of sin so that it does not easily entangle and deter us from fulfilling our destiny. And three, we learn that by adopting a lifestyle of purity, we can avoid the consequence of sin and guarantee our God-given destiny. Thank you and have a good day. God bless you.